Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. I hope you guys have had a wonderful and happy Thanksgiving full of family, friends, and a lot of laughs, and a lot of turkey with all the trimmings you can eat. But tonight, I would like to present my part three episode for Thanksgiving. In this first episode, starring Miss Margaret O'Brien, she plays a little girl named Margaret Leary, who one day ends up finding a horrifying sight when she is going one Thanksgiving to her Aunt Cindy's house to get some cranberry relish. When she's heading back home, she goes up to the lot where her and a lot of her friends play, and the lot has been covered up, when all of a sudden she ends up hearing someone screaming for help from underneath the ground. So little Margaret runs all the way home to get one of her parents to help her find the screaming woman and get her out of their fort. But unfortunately for little Margaret Leary, her plan doesn't work, so she ends up taking matters into her own hands. And later on, after eating, ends up going to where the screaming woman is and starts to dig for her when all of a sudden a another little boy that she knows comes to help her too when all of a sudden a neighbor whose lot they're digging on ends up coming out and telling them to get off his property so the kids think that it is Mr. Kelly's wife but unfortunately for the kiddos they don't know that Mrs. Kelly is okay so her friend Dippy Smith ends up leaving Margaret all by herself so Margaret goes on an adventure to find out who the screaming woman is and she ends up coming to a house and finds out that it is a well-known family friend and it is called the screaming woman and in this next episode starring miss murray wilson and miss kathy lewis actually it's going to be miss joan banks as jane we find the girls discussing their Thanksgiving plans when all of a sudden Jane has a wonderful idea of bringing their boyfriends to their apartment and throwing a big Thanksgiving feast. But they don't want to invite their neighbors, their landlady Mrs. O'Reilly or Professor Kropopkin because they always end up arguing with each other and they don't want their mail ruined. So Irma is in charge of getting the bird while Jane is at home preparing other parts of the mail. When all of a sudden Irma comes back with a live turkey and Jane just about loses it. while on her phone on the phone with Richard so the girls end up having another dilemma to solve now that they have a live turkey in their apartment they gotta get rid of it before their landlady comes and sees it and it is called the Thanksgiving episode I hope you guys enjoy Miss Margaret O'Brien and Miss 
Murray Wilson and Miss Joan Banks as Jane in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma and my Thanksgiving Part 3 episode. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. In just a moment, Autolite presents Suspense, starring Margaret O'Brien. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. The horse knows the way to carry the sleigh. Why, Hap, Hap, that's not the way to sing hurrah for Thanksgiving Day. What are you telling me, Harlow Wilcox? Why, I've No, no, Hap, this is the way it goes today. Over the river and through the woods and never mind the snow. Grandpa is happy with his jalopy, his batteries never low. Over the river and through the woods, blow high, ye winds blow low. The car's as snappy as Grandma and Pappy, with an Autolite stay full, you know. But Harlow, Why, that's Well, you not... see, Hap, Autolite stay full batteries have changed a lot of things today. Harlow isn't anything sacred anymore. It's Thanksgiving Day. Let's listen to Margaret O'Brien on Suspense. Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Starring tonight, Miss Margaret O'Brien in Anton Leder's production of The Screaming Woman. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I'm Margaret Leary, and I've got to tell you how it happened. It was Thanksgiving Day, and it was nice and sunshiny. Almost like summer, except cooler. Mama was cooking the turkey, and I was watching. And Mama said to me, Good heavens, I forgot. Your Aunt Cynthia's made some cranberry relish for us. Run over and get it, Margaret, so her feelings aren't hurt. And hurry, this turkey's done to a turn. So I ran to Aunt Cynthia's, and on the way back I took a shortcut through Mr. Kelly's lot. It's a big lot, more like the side of a hill that slides down to Monument Creek. It's a swell place to play Indians and cowboys, or explorers are hunting for treasures, because trucks dump all kinds of stuff there. Loads of dirt and junk, and even big things like old cars and big pipes and chunks of concrete. Well, this day, coming back from Aunt Cynthia's, I saw that a lot of new junk and dirt had been dumped there since Saturday. They'd even covered up our swell big concrete pipe that us kids called our fort. Covered it clear up. I was looking around to see where it used to be when, all of a sudden, I stopped and listened. The sound was coming up out of the ground. A woman was buried under the junk and dirt and glass, and she was screaming all wild and horrible for somebody to dig her out. I started to run. I fell down and got up and ran some more. It was an awful, awful long way to our house that day. Mama! Mama! Margaret? Mama, Mama! Oh, Margaret, haven't I told you not to slam the door? Is that the relish? Listen, Mama, there's a screaming woman in the lot. Wash your hands, Margaret. She was screaming and screaming and screaming. Mama, listen to me. We've got to dig her out. She's buried under tons and tons of dirt. I'm sure she can wait till after dinner. Oh, next year, I swear I'm going to buy a bigger platter. Mama, don't you believe me? You've got to believe me. Margaret, I've got a million things to do. Good gosh, look at you. How'd you get your knees so dirty? Well, running back from the lot, I... Never mind. Scoot and tell your dad we're about to eat. He's in the front room reading his paper. Yes, Mama. Daddy! Oh, Daddy, I've got to tell you something. Getting hungry, baby? Daddy, there's a screaming woman in the lot. I never knew a woman who didn't. Hmm. Well, that turkey. We've got to get picks and shovels and dig her up, like we're an Egyptian mummy. Oh, Daddy! Well, I don't feel much like an archaeologist today, Margaret. I can't think of anything but food. Let's have an expedition next Sunday and dig her up. But we can't wait that long. Oh, Daddy, she'll die if we don't do it now. I'll give you some money. Oh, so it's a business proposition. Well, how much do you pay by the hour? I've got five whole dollars. It took me a year to save. <laughs> Come here, put. You know I'm touched. Oh, but Daddy, You want I... me to play with you, and you're willing to pay me for my oh, but... time. Why, dear, you're shaking. 
Calm down. Oh, Daddy, please. After our Thanksgiving dinner, I'll come out and listen to your screaming. Oh, woman. but... How's that? Oh, no, now, Daddy. Maybe she'll die if you don't come out now. Oh, you've got to come now. Margaret. If you believe me, you wouldn't wait. You never believe me. Mama doesn't believe me. Ma- Nobody Margaret, believes me. quiet down right this minute. Oh, or but... I not only won't go with you, but you go to your room and stay in without oh. your Thanksgiving dinner. Now, is that clear? Yes, sir. It's clear. <laughs> I always liked Thanksgiving, almost next best to Christmas, but that was an awful one. Dinner was a million years long. Everybody moved so slow, like a slow-motion movie. Forks and knives and spoons moved slow, and Dad's cheek muscles moved slow when he chewed. I'll try to make things faster. Margaret, you heard your mother now. Don't eat so fast. But, Daddy, the screaming woman, we've got to hurry. My dear young lady, this is Thanksgiving dinner, an occasion when we do not hurry. I intend to eat four or five helpings of everything until I can't eat any more. Then I'm going to make an extra effort and find room for pumpkin pie, a few walnuts, stuffed dates. Oh, please, please, Daddy. If you pester me anymore, if you mention her again, this screaming what's-this, I won't go out with you to hear a recital at all. I understood? Yes, sir. It's understood. I wanted to yell. Oh, please, rush, get up, run around, come on, hurry. But I had to sit still, while out there in the lot with the sun shining down, all alone with nobody to hear or to help her, was the screaming woman. I could hear in my mind, screaming. Mom and Daddy couldn't hear. They just kept on eating and talking. Well... Now that I can be thankful for a full stomach, I guess we should consider what other things we have to be thankful for, hmm? Well, we're all healthy. Prices are sky high, but we're not in debt. Mm. Yet. Those are mundane things, my dear. I'm thankful for my big daughter. Right, Puss? Yes, Dad. And for my loving wife, who is still the most romantic woman I know. Oh, silly. I'm thankful I didn't marry somebody else. You nearly married Dora Lampell. Even gave her a ring. No, I never meant a thing. No one... No. You're the only one who's been the serious competitor since we were all kids. Oh. There's only one. One other. Helen Nesbitt. Oh. (laughs) Helen was my first love. When she was about as old as Margaret, I gave her a present one Christmas, and she gave me one, and I still have it. Oh, that paperweight on your desk. Mm Mm-hmm. Funny how we hang on to things that were important when we were kids. Daddy. Just a little longer, boss. Warm up my coffee, will you, dear? You know what I'm thankful for, dear? Seriously. That we stayed here in this same town where we grew up. Here you are, dear. Thank you. The same friends. Even the same street. Mm, it's been a peaceful life. Not very exciting, but... Daddy! Margaret finds it pretty exciting. <laughs> yes. You better take her out to the lot before she collapses. your screaming woman. Lead me to her. Over here, where our fort used to be. Fort? The big concrete pipe. It's all covered up now. Mm, Kelly's really getting this lot filled in. All right, where's the lady? Uh, Right about here, Daddy. Listen. Don't hear a thing, except the wind. Better button up your sweater, Puss. Shh, listen. That's the trolley over on Aspen Street. Hey, there! Screaming woman! Hey! Hmm. Looks like the Dolans are starting out for a drive. Well, I guess your screaming woman's let you down, Puss. But she was here, Daddy. Right under here where they dumped all this dirt. I heard her screaming and screaming like she was underneath the fort. Somebody's dumped tons and tons right on top of our fort. Yeah, too bad they buried your fort, Margaret. I saw two of Kelly's big trucks backed in here last evening. There was a dump truck in here this morning, too. It isn't because they covered the fort. Uh, it must be your screaming woman doesn't like grown-ups. Only delivers her solo for kids, I guess. Maybe she can't scream anymore. Well, I'm going back and take a nap. Let my dinner settle. Well, aren't you going to help me dig? Now, listen, my dear. Don't you think this is a sort of a silly game? But it's not a game. Now, don't stay too long, dear. 
Mama probably likes some help with those dishes. Daddy! Daddy! I know I heard her scream. I know it. Oh, darn, darn, darn! You're there. You're still there. Hey, screaming woman! Why did you scream before? Why didn't you scream so Daddy could hear you? Don't just scream for me. I can't help you all by myself. Daddy, Daddy, where are you? Daddy, Daddy, she's screaming again. Right after you left, she started to scream. You've got oh, to come back. Oh, oh, there now. Come here. Let me feel your head. Please, Dad. Why, you've got a fever. You're going to lie down, young lady. We can't leave it down there, Dad. We just come can't. Come on along. Come on into your room. That's right. It's awful, Dad. It's awful for her to be screaming and nobody listening. Now, nobody caring. lie down, folks. Lie down. Now, come on. She'll choke where there isn't any more air and she'll die. Now, you're going to lie down the rest of the afternoon before you make yourself sick. No, I've got to dig. I've got to dig her up. All those comic books you read. Now, I forbid you to leave the house. Close your eyes now and take a nap. That's my good girl. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Miss Margaret O'Brien in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. You're going to give me another Autolite Stay Full Battery Thanksgiving song. No, not me, Hap. No? No, sirree. By Cornelius, I'm going to tell a Thanksgiving story. It's a fable. <laughs> Couldn't be anything else if you told it. Now, listen to this, my trigger tongue trooper. Last year at this time, my car called me out to the garage. What? Quite a car, too, Hap. Once a year, she overhauls me. Wow, and on Thanksgiving Day, too. Harlow, she said, I have an empty feeling, and I'm so confounded thirsty all the time, I think you ought to do something about it. I'd like to end up Thanksgiving Day with that fine, full feeling that lulls you to sleep as soon as the mince pie disappears. Well, how, my pretty, says I, can all this be accomplished? Easy, she chimes. I need to switch to an Autolite stay-full battery. Why, with an Autolite stay-full battery, I'll never be thirsty. And if you use me normally, I'll need only three drinks a year. And what's more, with the oversized electrical capacity and fiberglass insulation of that Autolite stay-full battery, I'll have more power, stay lively longer, and save you time, trouble, work, and worry. And Harlow, for a fellow as lazy as you are, think what all this means. <laughs> well, when she came up with all those points in my favor, I hurried, I hastened, I hurdled till I was exhausted. And by Christopher, I got an Autolite stay-full battery and gave it to Clarissa. I call my car Clarissa. Oh. Thanksgiving morning. We took a spin, and I could tell she was happier than a penguin with skis. <laughs> Sounds like Harlow in Wonderland. Well, now, let's get back to Margaret O'Brien and the screaming woman. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Margaret O'Brien as Margaret in The Screaming Woman. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. After a while, I stopped crying. I had to get back to the lot where that woman was screaming. But I was locked in. I tied a sheet to the bed and let it out the window and chinned down to the ground. Then I ran to the garage and got shovels and ran to the empty lot. The sun was almost down and it was getting cold. I started to dig fast. Hiya, Maggie. It was Dippy Smith, who was ten years old, the same as me. He goes to my school. What you digging for? For a screaming woman. She's down in the ground and I'm going to dig her up. You can help me dig, Dippy. There's an extra shovel. I don't hear nothing. I don't dig unless I hear a scream. Then listen. I don't hear nothing. Just wait. You will. There. Did you hear it? Hey, that's okay. Do it again. Do what again? The scream. Do it again. Go on. I'll give you this Aggie to teach me to do it. Hot dog, did you get that ventriloquist book for a dime from that magic company? You got one of those ten things in your mouth? I, I won't tell unless you help me dig. 
Okay, swell. Give me the shovel. Hot dog. And, and you got to dig fast, like this dippy. Boy, you think she was right under our feet. You're wonderful, Maggie. Say, what's the screaming woman's name? You must have made her up a name. Oh, sure. Her name is Wilma Schweiger, and she's a rich old lady, 160 years old. And she was buried by a crook named Spike. Come on, Dippy, dig. Keep digging. We can't stop, Dippy. Oh, I'm tired. I think I'll go home. Dippy, Dippy, stop. You can't. There really is a woman buried here. Well, sure. You said so, Maggie. Oh, don't you believe me? I wasn't throwing my voice. Come back, Dippy. Okay, but I'm getting tired of digging. Uh, now, look, Dippy. I'll go way over here, and then you listen. Okay. Listen. <laughs> hey, there really is a woman here. That's what I told you. Well, come on, let's dig. How's she breathing, do you think? I... I think she's in the fort. Remember? Sure. That's where she must be. Five or six of us kids could get in it so it's big enough. I sure hope it isn't just a radio or something. Well, a radio would be nice, too. Here, here. What do you kids think you're doing? Oh. 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 Hello, Hello, Mr. Mr. Kelly. Kelly. I'm tired of chasing you out of this lot. If one of you gets hurt, maybe your folks would sue me. But, Mr. Kelly, there's a woman screaming. You kids beat it, do you hear? Yes, sir. But listen, Mr. Kelly, don't you hear her? There. I don't hear a thing, and neither do you. Now, now beat it. Come on, Maggie. Mr. Kelly, somebody's got to dig her up. Don't argue with me or I'll phone your folks. This is my property. Do I have to put up a fence? Why should I spend money to keep people off my own property? Dippy, it's him. He's the one. Huh? He murdered Mrs. Kelly. He hit her on the head and stuck her in the fort and dumped loads of dirt on top. She wasn't dead. She came too. Why, you saw him. He stood right there when she screamed and wouldn't pay any attention. Hey, that's right. He stood right there and lied to us. What'll we do, Maggie? There's only one thing to do. We'll phone the police and tell them to come and arrest Mr. Kelly. They sure got here fast, Maggie. Shh, don't make a sound. Is Mr. Kelly in the house? Yes, he went right home from the lot. Yes, officer. You, Mr. Kelly? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Is Mrs. Kelly at home this evening? Why, sure. Can I see her, sir? Why, sure. Hey, Anna. What's up? We got a call. Oh, well, good evening, ma'am. What is it? Oh. oh, I'm sorry, folks. We got a call that Mrs. Kelly was buried alive in an empty lot. Sounded like some kid calling, but we had to make sure. We always check, you know. Well, I can't understand. It's what those Mr. blasted kids. If I ever catch them, I'll break their necks. Maggie, cheese it. If Mr. Kelly telephones my dad, I'll get a licking. What'll we do about the screaming woman? What the heck with her? I'm not going near that lot again. Wait, Dippy. Huh? I know why he didn't hear the screams. Kelly's sort of deaf. Mama says he's hard of hearing. He heard us, didn't he? He heard the cop. He reads people's lips, but he couldn't hear the screaming woman because he couldn't see her. Dippy, come on. We gotta dig some more. No, sir. But we've got to. We're already in a peck of trouble over your darn old ventriloquist voice. I'm not going to get in any more trouble. No, sir. And he went off and left me alone. I wanted to crawl down under the ground with the screaming woman and die, too. It was dark now, and Dad would be hunting for me. If he found me, I'd get a licking and be put to bed. And then nobody would help the screaming woman at all. There was only one last thing to do. So I did it. To go all over the neighborhood from house to house and find out who's missing. Why, hello, dear. Hello, Mrs. Griswold. 
Is anybody missing from your house? Is your sister from Detroit still here? Uh, yes, she's sitting right over there by the radio. Don't you see her? M, little Margaret Leary wants... No, I, I only wanted to see her, Mrs. Griswold. I was just wondering. I just wanted to know if she was here. Hello, Mrs. Pikes. You're looking good. I'm glad to see you're at home, Mrs. Pikes. I'm awful glad. Mr. Hyde, is your wife still here? Dora, aren't you out pretty late, Margaret? Yes. Oh, hello, Mrs. Hyde. What is it, Margaret? I just wanted to see you, Mrs. Hyde. That's all. The hours were just rolling along, and I rang bells and knocked, and I rang bells. I was about to give up when I came to the Nesbitt's house. The house was quiet like nobody was at home, but I saw a dim, spooky light inside somewhere. So I just kept knocking and knocking. Oh. What do you want? Oh, nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. I only wanted to see Mrs. Nesbitt. Well, she's not here. She's gone to the store. At night? Besides, it's closed today, I think. The drugstore down on Clark Street. Oh, well, then she ought to be back pretty quick. I'll come in and wait. Hey, wait, wait a minute. I'll just sit down here and wait. I sure like this rocking chair. Go right ahead and do whatever you were doing, Mr. Nesbitt. I wasn't doing anything. Oh, looks like you were packing or something, with all those boxes and trunks around. Going away? No, Helen's been sorting things out, getting rid of a lot of stuff. Oh, burning it up in the fireplace. Uh, yeah, that's right. Dad always burns our junk out in the alley. Clothes smell awful when they burn. Uh, look, kid, Helen may have gone on from the store to visit a friend. Well, if she doesn't come back soon, I'll leave. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell her you were here. What do you want to see her about? Oh, nothing much. Hey, that's too bad. What? I guess you lost the key to that box. You had to break the lock. No, no, it was broken already. Hey, I bet your folks don't know where you are, kid. No, sir. They think I'm in bed. What friend did Mrs. Nesbitt go to visit? Oh, I don't know what... I mean, look, kid, I, I ought to tell you, she won't be back tonight. Oh? No. She went to the store, like I said, but she was going from there over to Beechwood to visit her mother on a bus. She'd be gone two or three days. Oh, that's a shame. Why? Well, Mama was expecting Mrs. Nesbitt to come over tomorrow. Maybe to sell. Hey, you, you better not tell your mother. You see, it's kind of secret about Helen going away. She, she doesn't want people to know for a while. Oh. Uh, you, you know how to keep a secret, kid? I guess so. Uh, I, I'll give you something for not telling. Uh, I'll give you a reward. Let's see. Hey, here, here's something for a kid. A doll. A doll? Yeah. Well, Helen was going to give it to you. I heard her say when she was sorting the stuff, she said, I'll, I'll give this to the little Leary girl. Mrs. Nesbitt always calls me Margaret. Well, sure, that's what she said. Margaret. That's quite a doll. Old-fashioned. It's made of leather. Face is china or something, see? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Nesbitt. It's a reward for not saying anything about Helen being gone. Understand? Now, come on. I'll snap on the porch light. Uh, Mr. Nesbitt, did you finish your driveway? What do you mean? Did you get all the dirt hauled off to make it smooth? Sure. Sure. Now, come on. I saw your dump truck in the lot this morning and... What do you mean? Were you in a lot this morning? No, no, I, I was at home. I looked out the window. Please, Mr. Nesbitt, let go of my arm. You've been playing out there today. Answer me. Oh, don't. That hurts. I wasn't playing. It's no fun now with our fort all covered up. And... The fort? What's that? Nothing. Nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. Tell me what you're talking about. Nothing but that old concrete pipe. You know something. That's why you came here. You've been snooping around that lot and you found out something. What do you know? I don't know anything. Let me go, Mr. Nesbitt. If you don't let me go, I'll... There! Come back! If you come back, kid, I I'll give you something else. I'll give you something else. Come back, kid. Come back. Mr. Nesbitt yelled because I kicked and bit his hand. Then I ran, but I heard him running after me. It was dark and quiet and scary on the streets, and more scary out there in the lot. I ran straight across the place where I heard the screaming, and it was so quiet. 
And all of a sudden, there was a man in the lot, right in front of me. Stop, Margaret. Oh. Margaret. Oh, oh, Daddy. Margaret, where have you been? Do you have any idea how your mama's worried? Do you know how late it is? Daddy, Daddy, he's after me. We've been Mr. up Nesbitt. and down alleys and clear down to Clark Street. I was about to call the police. The screaming woman. It's Mrs. Nesbitt down there. I'm going to give you a good licking. Mr. Nesbitt killed her, and now he wants to kill me. I've had all of that idiotic talk I can stand. It's you... true. You've got to believe Margaret, me. I'm going to lick you right now, right here. I've had enough of... What have you got there? Where did you get that doll? Why, I, I gave it to O'Leary. <laughs> Kids stopped by the house, and I, I remembered... Helen said she wanted to throw it away. Helen said to throw it away? He's lying, Dad. He gave it to me so I wouldn't tell about her. It was locked up in a box. He didn't have the key. He broke it open. <laughs> She's a high-strung kid, Leary. All the stuff she was telling me. He's lying, Dad. Yes, he is lying. Why are you lying, Charlie? Lying? How do you get that, Leary? Helen never let you have that doll. It was locked up. That was a present I gave her a long time ago. She wouldn't throw it away anymore, and I'd throw away the paperweight she gave me. Why are you lying, Charlie? I'm not. Don't look at me that way, Leary. As God is my witness, I... It's her. Dad, it's the screaming woman. As God is your witness. No, Leary, don't! Oh, oh. Margaret, run to the house. Phone the police and tell them to hurry. Tell them we've got to dig. Hello? Hi, Dippy. Everything's fine. Everything's worked out keen. The screaming woman isn't screaming anymore. And they've got a lot of people down there digging her up. Hey, that's swell. Hot dog. And you know what else, Dippy? They're going to uncover our fort again. Oh, Dippy, wasn't it a keen Thanksgiving? Thank you, Margaret O'Brien, for a splendid performance. Miss O'Brien will return in just a moment. Oh, no, that Autolite Stiefel battery fable wasn't bad, coming from a fairly fabulous fibber. Ah, but you haven't heard all of it, Hap. Why, by Cornelius, Clarissa, that's my car, uh -huh. spoke to me again this morning. Thanks to you, she said, and that Autolite Stay Full battery, this has been the happiest year of my life. Why, even these cruel cold mornings, I've got that Autolite pep, that Stay Full battery, get up and go. Well, Clarissa, I says to my gas buggy, you're the queen of the May, the lass with the delicate air, and the pride of Wilcox Alley all in one. What do you want now, my Thanksgiving precious? And she says, just to go to sleep out in the garage once again. Why, Harlow, you can even use my Autolite Stay Full battery for a pillow. Happy slumber and good night, everybody. And remember, Autolite means batteries. Stay full batteries. Autolite means spark plugs. Ignition engineered resistor spark plugs. Autolite means ignition systems. The lifeline of your car. And now here again is Miss Margaret O'Brien. It's been just wonderful being on suspense. And I hope you'll let me come back again sometime. We will, Margaret. And now let me tell our listeners about next week. Claude Rains and Vincent Price in the famous mystery story, The Hands of Mr. Ottermole. Another gripping study in suspense. Margaret O'Brien appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture The Three Musketeers, starring Lana Turner, Gene Kelly, and June Allison. Tonight's suspense play was by Ray Bradbury, adapted for radio by Sylvia Richards, with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. In the coming weeks, suspense will present such stars as Rosalind Russell, James Cagney, Ronald Coleman, William Bendix, and many others. Make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear Claude Rains and Vincent Price in the hands of Mr. Ottermole. This is the Autolite Suspense Show, signing off. Good night. 
Switch to Autolite. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. For the safety of your smile, use Pepsodent twice a day. See your dentist twice a year. Lever Brothers Company presents the Pepsodent show, My Friend Irma, created by Cy Howard and starring Marie Wilson as Irma with Joan Banks as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just perfect friendship when other friendships have been Like my roommate, Irma Peterson It's all pretty wonderful She has a lovely figure Gorgeous blonde hair And a face that fairly takes your breath away People wonder why it doesn't go to her head I'll tell you why Because there it would die of malnutrition (laughs) Oh, now, now don't get me wrong I love the girl It's only that sometimes she does things That give me a groan in the dome For instance, the other day I was reading the paper And I said... Irma. Yes, Jane? It says here that our shoreline is receding at the rate of one inch every thousand years. Gee, that's wonderful. I can hardly wait to go bathing on Fifth Avenue. (laughs) Well, it takes all kinds of people to make a world. But right now, I'm too excited to even think about it. You see, I've just received a letter from Richard Rhinelander, my ex-employer, and still the number one guy in my dreams. Jane. Yes, sweetie. Who's the letter from? It's from Richard. Richard? Oh, Jane, what does he say? I'll read it to you. Dear Jane. Dear Jane? Oh, he loves you. What makes you say that? Because he said dear. Irma, (laughs) for your information, at income tax time, I got a letter from the government saying, Dear Miss Stacy, and believe me, the Treasury Department and I are not engaged. (laughs) Well, you can't go around with everybody. What else did he write? Um, Dear Jane, I am basking in the sun at the Rossmore Hotel in Palm Springs. I will be back in New York for Thanksgiving, and I am bringing you a Mexican serape. Oh, gosh, he's adopted a baby. (laughs) Irma, a serape is a blanket. He simply mentioned the gift to show that he's thinking about me. Isn't that sweet? Yes, men can be so sweet when they're far away. Of course, I like them close, too. <laughs> you can take all the blankets you want. I'll take Al in person. <laughs> oh, be still, Irma. Hey, I've got an idea. Since Richard will be back on Thanksgiving, let's you and I give a turkey dinner here in the apartment for our boyfriends. Oh, that'll be wonderful, Jane. And I'm sure Al will have the day off because it's a legal holiday and the unemployment office will be closed. <laughs> Grand. Now, look, Irma, it's very important that we don't say anything about this to Mrs. O'Reilly and the professor. It's been a long time since I've seen Richard, and I don't want it spoiled by their constant quarreling. So remember now, not a word. Oh, I understand, Jane. I won't mention the word turkey once. Good. I'll just say we're having chicken. (laughs) No, Irma, just don't say anything about Thanksgiving. Is that clear? Of course, Jane. Come in. Hello, girls. Oh, hello, Mrs. O'Reilly. Merry Christmas. Christmas? My Irma, darling, Thanksgiving isn't here yet. Uh-oh, the cat's out of the bag. Irma. <laughs> oh, we're not having any turkey, you know. Uh, uh, how is everything with you, Mrs. O'Reilly? Not so good, Janie. It's that Professor Kropotkin again. He left another one of his insulting notes on my door. Just listen to this. When I look into your eyes, my heart does flip-ups. Why, I think that's a beautiful thought. That's what I thought until I read the rest of it. Look what comes next. That's because you have a face that scares away me hiccups. (laughs) 
you know the professor. He doesn't mean anything by it. I don't know about that, Janie. The other day, he took me to an antique show, and I was having a wonderful time bidding on an early American copper bathtub. And all of a sudden, the professor began to laugh. What was so funny? He said it was the first time he'd ever seen one tub bidding on another tub. <laughs> Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotsky. <laughs> Hello, Janie, Irma, and Mrs. O'Reilly, my three little birds. Janie, graceful like a swan. Why, thank you, Professor. And Irma, a little lovebird. Oh, Professor, that's sweet. And you, Mrs. O'Reilly. Yes, Professor. Old bat. <laughs> You'll be a dead duck before I get through with you. No, no, take it easy, Mrs. O'Reilly. I was only joking. No, to me, you are really an inspiration. Why, Professor? <laughs> no, it's true, it's true. Seeing you here in the half-light with your beautiful red hair brings to mind my first romance. Her name was Sonia. Every evening I would find her by the lake with her faithful collie. And this is why every time I see you standing like this, I want to call out and say, here over, here over. <laughs> why, you mangy old musician, Please, you. the two of you. Don't you ever know when to call it quits? <sighs> I'm sorry, Jenny. Mrs. O'Reilly, I apologize. Well, I, I should think you would. I try so hard to be friendly with everyone. After all, it'll soon be Thanksgiving. Yes. And if you say I look like a turkey, I'll beat your brains out. <laughs> oh, turkey, oh, that reminds Irma. me... Reminds you of what, dearie? Well, you see, we're having... It reminds her of the 4th of July. 4th of July? Yes, if you open your mouth, there'll be fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, for one, have made no plans for Thanksgiving. But as far back as I could remember, I've always been invited to a turkey dinner. Is that so? Tell me, Mrs. O'Reilly, I've always wanted to know, was Miles Standish a big eater? <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, he was... Now, look here, you... Oh, uh, Mrs. O'Reilly, I I'm sure we'll all have a place to go on Thanksgiving. I never worry about it, Janie. You see, Thanksgiving is so near the first of the year and everyone wants to renew their lease. So I always get invited to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got throat trouble too. And I'm sure my best friends won't forget me. Mrs. O'Reilly, you are priceless. Come on, we'll take a walk over to the automobile showrooms. I want you should stand alongside of a new Nash so I can make a comparison. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean, Professor. We're both so streamlined. <laughs> yes, and you're both seat four in the front. <laughs> Why, you? Well, that was a bit of a hint, wasn't it, Irma? Oh, yes, Jane. What are we going to do? Nothing. We'll just go ahead with the dinner as we planned. After all, we're two young girls with bows, and we're entitled to a little pleasure. Certainly, we're not married. <laughs> well, personally, I don't think the professor minds not being invited too much, but as for Mrs. O'Reilly, well, she is our landlady, and we've got to stay on the right side of her. So again, Irma, let me remind you, we do nothing to arouse her suspicion. Well, you can trust me, Jane. I won't breathe it to a living soul or any of my other friends. <laughs> Good. And look, honey, I've got to hurry to keep an uh, appointment with the dentist, so would you mind going to the butcher's and ordering the turkey now so we'll have a good bird? Oh, I'll be glad to, Jane. Fine. See you later, sweetie. Hello? What's that you say? My multiple theory on atomic fission works. Oh, that's nice. Who's it working for? <laughs> huh? Oh, no, I'm sorry. This isn't Einstein. My name is Peterson. Uh, you have the wrong number, but talking about fishing, if you ever want to go fishing, I'll be glad to go. <laughs> Goodbye. Gee, now I know how Barbara Stanwyck felt in sorry wrong number. <laughs> Come in. Hiya, chicken. 
Hello, Al, honey. Uh, Al, uh, do you have any plans for Thanksgiving? Uh, well, to tell you the truth, Chicken, I did plan on taking you out to dinner. But uh, got a last-minute phone call, which makes it necessary for me to be out of town Thanksgiving. Oh, Al. Jane and I are having a big turkey dinner here, and you're invited. Now you can't make it. Oh, you're wrong, Chicken. Just happened to remember they took my phone out just before the call came through. <laughs> making sacrifices for me. Glad to help you, chicken. Well, Jane wants me to go right out and order the turkey. Yeah, chicken, are you and Jane going to have all the trimmings? You know, cranberries, sweet potatoes, stuffing, celery, olives? Oh, sure, Al. Well, in that case, I want to chip in. Oh, Al, it won't be necessary. No, no, I insist. Well, all right, Al, if it'll make you feel any better, uh, uh, what would you like to bring? Well, let's Forget. see. Yeah, I could bring flowers. Might give you hay fever. <laughs> No point in bringing more candy. Just bought you a pack of Lifesavers last week. <laughs> Champagne? Caviar? I got it. For them olives you're buying, you'll need toothpicks. Count on me for that. Oh, no, Albert. This is, this is all on us. We want to catch the full spirit of the holiday. <laughs> Al? What, Chicken? How did they get the idea of having turkey on Thanksgiving? Glad you come to me for knowledge, Chicken, because I'm loaded with it. See, Thanksgiving originated with a bunch of pilgrims who came to America led by some very famous men, such as William Penn, Buffalo Bill, and uh, Wild Bill Hickok. Hickok? Oh, I know. He's the man who invented the suspenders. Uh, <laughs> precisely. Now, the pilgrims really had a tough winter. There was a housing shortage, manufacturing was at a standstill, and everybody was really beaten out of work. So naturally, they felt they had something to be thankful for, so they decided to give a feast. Oh, I see. Now, the big delicacy in them days was bear meat. So they sent an Indian guide out to trap a bear. Unfortunately, this guide was nearsighted, and by mistake, he come back with a turkey. Well, imagine that. Yeah. And to this day, if it wasn't for that slight defect in Hiawatha's vision... We'd all be sitting down to a Thanksgiving dinner of stuffed bear. <laughs> oh, gee, that would have been perfect for our dinner. Then we could all have a drumstick. Uh, well, them's the breaks. Come on, chicken, I'll walk you downstairs. Is that you, Irma, honey? Come on in. Oh, hello, Mrs. O'Reilly. Well, you look awfully upset. Is anything wrong? Yes. I've just told the Martins upstairs that I have a rule. No pets of any kind in this house. Yes, I know how strict you are about that. Well, I just found out they have a canary. And either that bird goes or they go. I'm going right back up there and give them five minutes to make up their mind. Hello? Oh, Richard, how nice of you to call me long distance. Yes, I got your letter. What? Oh. Oh, Richard. Oh, no. Oh, murder. Richard. What? I sound crazy? I'm going crazy. I can't talk to you right now. Irma just walked in with a live turkey. Goodbye. Merry... Merry Thanksgiving, Jane. Irma Peterson, how could you bring home a live turkey? Well, Jane, I was only trying to save money. What do you mean, save money? Well, I felt this one, and it's already stuffed. <laughs> That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard Take that turkey back Oh, I can't, Jane The butcher said he won't take George back George? Yes, that's his name How do you know? Well, the butcher said, do you really want this turkey? When I said yes, he said, well, bye, George So I did <laughs> Your winning smile is a Pepsodent smile. Again and again, people have found it true. The smile that wins is the Pepsodent smile. The story of Nancy Rule proves it. Her smile won success in the fabulous world of fashion. From Kentucky Center College, Nancy went to Chicago to begin her career in a department store. 
There she won promotions and a husband. Now she's fashion stylist for their own store in Freeport, Illinois. When Nancy presents costumes she's chosen at New York's Glittering Style previews, her winning smile is an important asset. Nancy said... It's a Pepsodent smile. I've used Pepsodent toothpaste ever since I was in college. I love the way it brightens my teeth. Like Nancy Rule, people all over America have found the smile that wins is the Pepsodent smile. In recent comparison tests, thousands of people preferred Pepsodent with Ethereum over the brands they'd been using at home. Yes, Pepsodent won by the overwhelming average of three to one for its cool, minty taste for making breath cleaner and teeth brighter. Try a new Pepsodent toothpaste with Ethereum, and you will see the smile that wins is the Pepsodent smile. Well, I sent my roommate out to buy a turkey. It's funny, I always thought her name was Irma Peterson, but it's turned out to be Frank Buck because she had to bring it back alive. <laughs> She's standing in the doorway with the turkey in her arms. She is looking at the turkey, and the turkey is looking at her, and I'm looking at both of them, and I don't know which head to cut off. <laughs> What in the world made you buy a live turkey? Well, you didn't specify, Jen, and, and he looks so lonely. But, sweetie, you know Mrs. O'Reilly doesn't allow pets of any sort in the apartment. What will we tell her? She'll throw us out. Well, we could have cut a hole in the wall and let the turkey's head stick through and tell her we shot it in Africa. <laughs> Irma, before I shoot myself, let me make one thing clear. There is still a great housing shortage. If Mrs. O'Reilly finds out we're not inviting her to Thanksgiving dinner and then finds out we have a live turkey in the apartment, all three of us can take a boat to Africa. Oh, no, Jane, if we're going to take a trip, I'd rather get you on a slow boat to China. <laughs> Irma, this is no time for joking. We're in trouble. Well, now, let's see. Uh, gosh, there must be some way of fooling Mrs. O'Reilly. I have it. Uh, I just bought a new hat, and maybe I can train the bird to sit on it, and I can say it came that way. No, sweetie, it's liable to lay an egg, and we wouldn't be able to tell it from your head. <laughs> oh, nobody but you would bring home a turkey by the name of George. <laughs> oh, see, Jane? Isn't he cute? He knows his name. <laughs> Look, Irma, I'm not going to waste any more words. There's only one thing for us to do. You'll have to... to kill it. Kill George? Oh, Jane, I can't. Why not? Would make him an orphan. <laughs> I mean, I've grown very fond of him. Oh, for goodness sakes, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you see, he just called me mother. <laughs> oh, Jane, Jane, I couldn't do it. Oh, stop dramatizing it. It's not that difficult. You just take a sharp knife and... Well, you just... Cut off its head, it's simple. But that's murder. Oh, preposterous. <laughs> th there's nothing to it. Then you do it. All right, I... I... <laughs> What's he saying now? <laughs> he wants a lawyer. <laughs> oh, this is silly. You and your imagination. You're making a nervous wreck out of me. Oh, if that's Mrs. O'Reilly, this is the end. Uh, who, who is it? Me. Oh, come in. Hello, Jane. Hiya, chicken. I was just about... Hey, that bird's a little early for dinner, ain't he? <laughs> Never mind the dialogue. Al, are you a man? <laughs> well, unless I forgot to take off my Halloween costume, yes. <laughs> what? Irma bought this live turkey, and if Mrs. O'Reilly finds out about it, we're all dead ducks. So would you, uh... Kill it for us. Who, me? Nothing doing. I ain't got nothing against him. Al, don't tell me you're squeamish. Cannot stand the sight of blood. Cut into a medium rare steak one time, almost passed out. Don't blame the steak. It wasn't the blood you saw, it was the check. Oh, no, Jane. Al has a soft heart. I know because every time I think about him, I get the same feeling in my head. <laughs> 
thanks, chicken, but know what to do. You see, in a case like this, there's only one man who can help us. Who else? Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> Al, got a problem. Have to knock off a certain bird, what's my move? What? Huh? For a C-note, one of your boys, casual Casper, will do the job so it'll look like an accident? <laughs> no, no, Joe, this is a feathered bird, a turkey. What do you advise? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Thanks, Joe, and goodbye, noble friend. Well, your problem is solved, girls. All we have to do is spread breadcrumbs around the electric fan. And when your little turkey... When your little turkey starts poking his head around them blades, you turn on the switch, set the tape. No, Al. I don't think I care for feathered wallpaper. Uh-oh. This could be it. Uh, who's there? Oh, come in. Hello, Janie. I mind, Alan. Oh, look, it's a turkey. For a minute, I thought it was Mrs. O'Reilly. His name is George. A pleasure. <laughs> Girls, I don't want to be a wet blanket, but if Mrs. O'Reilly sees that bird and realizes she isn't looking in a mirror, she's going to throw you both right out. We know that, Professor. Maybe you can help us, huh? Anything you want, Oh, baby. I knew we could count on you. Would you kill the turkey for us? Certainly. It's simple. Well, how are you going to do it? I'll tell him he has to share my room with me and he'll commit suicide. Well, I can see you're not going to be any help. Well, Irma, we have no choice. I know it sounds ridiculous, but we're going to put a leash around that bird's neck and you and I are going to walk him down to the butcher shop. Oh, but Jean, Please, I... Irma, my mind is made up. All right. Come on, George. <laughs> so long, George. I'll be seeing you Thanksgiving. You won't be seeing me, but I'll be seeing you. Well, we managed to get the turkey out of the building without Mrs. O'Reilly seeing us. And now we're walking it down the street. Irma is leading the turkey on a leash. Come on, Fido. Here, Fido. Irma, why are you calling Fido? Well, we won't be conspicuous if people think it's a dog. <laughs> Come, on. Come on, Fido. <laughs> Irma, can't you get that turkey to go faster? No, I think he knows where we're going. He, he keeps pulling back. That's silly. Jane. What? He's looking at you. He is? I mean, so what? He's got tears in his eyes. It's just your imagination. Now, come on. Oh, there's the butchers. Irma, please, stop pulling on my skirt. That isn't me. It's a turkey. It is? Yes. Why don't you look at him? Oh, stop being so emotional. After all, it's only a turkey. I think I had no willpower if I allowed myself to be... Uh, Irma? Yes? What's he doing now? He's still staring at you and crying. Oh, this is ridiculous. We're behaving like children. Now, there's nothing to it. Come on, Irma. Here's the butcher. You take him in. I can't. He trusts me. <laughs> now, see here, Irma. If you think I'm going to let a turkey make a fool out of me... I'd... Oh, Irma... What, Jane? I think he trusts me, too. Well, we're back in the apartment. Irma, myself, and guess who? <laughs> That's right, dear little George. So far, we haven't crossed paths with Mrs. O'Reilly, but it's only a matter of time. Irma, however, is quite calm about the whole thing. She's knitting. Irma, what are you doing? I'm knitting some booties. Irma! They're for George. <laughs> oh, I mean Georgette. She just laid an egg. <laughs> oh, quick, Irma. Uh, put the turkey in the bathroom. This might be Mrs. O'Reilly. Oh, all right, Jane. Oh, no, no, no. 
Uh, he's in the bathroom. Uh, come in. Hello, Janie. I thought you had company. I heard a strange voice. Well, that was me. You were me? Yes, it was her. Yes, there I go again. <laughs> Are you sure that's you? Yes, I have hiccups. But it sounded like a bird. Well, uh, uh, I had eggs for breakfast. Uh, Mrs. O'Reilly, tell me, where did you buy that lovely hat? I'm not wearing a hat. But it's very becoming. Don't change the subject. I know what's going on. You've got something in that bathroom. And I'm going to find out what it is right now. Well, Irma, get the suitcases. We might as well start packing. Oh, girls. Oh, will you ever forgive me for being so suspicious? The bathroom's empty. That sound must have come from one of the other apartments. I'll go see. Oh, and I'm so sorry I bothered you. Irma. Irma, I can't believe it. Let's look in the bathroom. Well, for goodness sakes, you left the window open and Georgette has flown away. Irma, we're saved. Well, this is terrible. What do you mean, terrible? Who's going to sit on the egg? <laughs> Your winning smile is a Pepsodent smile. Again and again, people have found the smile that wins is the Pepsodent smile. That's borne out by the vote of thousands who tried new Pepsodent toothpaste with Arium in a recent nationwide test. These people were given plain, unlabeled tubes of Pepsodent and were asked to compare it with the brands they were using at home. When their votes came in, Pepsodent won by the overwhelming average of three to one. These people say new Pepsodent tastes better, makes their breath cleaner and their teeth brighter than any other toothpaste they tried. Remember, that's not just our opinion. That's what people say. They say it three to one. They've seen Pepsodent with Arium remove the film that makes teeth look dull, uncover new brightness in their smiles. Try it and you will see the smile that wins is the Pepsodent smile. no turkey for Thanksgiving, but at least we haven't been dispossessed by Mrs. O'Reilly, who's so strict about her rule, no pets. Irma, however, seems to be terribly concerned about this. Irma, honey, what's troubling you? Oh, gosh. Now I'm afraid to have Al come over. All we do is pet. <laughs> and you know, talking about pets, me, Jane Stacy, I'm happy to live a dog's life with my friend, Irma. My Friend Irma is produced and directed by Cy Howard. Park Levy writes the script with Stanley Adams and Roland McLean, and it's brought to you by Pepsodent Toothpaste with Irium, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company. Marie Wilson is starred as Irma, with Joan Banks as Jane. The part of Al was played by John Brown. Hans Conried was heard as Professor Kropotkin, and Gloria Gordon as Mrs. O'Reilly. Music was under the direction of Lud Guskin. Don't forget, you'll be able to hear my friend Irma on the big two-hour, star-studded Thanksgiving Day program over most of these stations. Losses due to fires are at an all-time high and still skyrocketing. With preventable fires striking at the lives of our citizens, their homes, communities, and our forests, it behooves all of us to help prevent the destruction and loss which fire inevitably causes. This is Wendell Niles reminding you to tune in one hour earlier next week and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, followed by the Pepsodent Show, My Friend Irma, CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Miss 
Margaret O'Brien and Miss Murray Wilson and Miss Joan Banks as Jane for our Thanksgiving Part 3 episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I hope you guys have a wonderful night full of rest and a joyful heart for being very great people and remembering how blessed you are in your life. Just to let you know guys, I went ahead and I changed my mind on the Meet Me in St. Louis episode for Spectacular Art this coming Tuesday's episode for our Spectacular Part 3 program. So please welcome back to the show Miss Maureen O'Hara in the Lux Radio Theater presentation of Miracle on 34th Street. And stay tuned after the show to hear a couple of Christmas songs to get you ready for the upcoming Christmas holidays. I hope you guys have had a wonderful night. And always remember guys to comment and subscribe to the show. And just to also let you know guys, I am just about to this next Friday I will be giving the money that I've been raising to Toys for Tots to help them out and help needy children all throughout our great country receive a toy but anyways guys I hope you have a wonderful night and always remember to enjoy the show thanks